But if you're aiming for perfection, you're probably setting yourself up for for the impossible. You're putting a lot of pressure on your spouse and your kids. It's not about perfection. It's, it's about bridging our imperfection. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am so excited to welcome back to the show Jim Shields. He and his wife help busy professionals create deeper, more connected, more meaningful relationships with their spouses and children so they can have the family life they always imagined. And if you want to check out my original interview with Jim and Jamie way back, hop in the Daily Helping Time Machine. We connected all the way back in episode 206. We'll link that into the show notes so you can check that out. But Jim and Jamie have been busy and through their Wall Street Journal best-selling book, The Family Board Meeting, and their entrepreneur family-serving organization, 18 Summers. Jim and Jamie are helping transform families and show them how to make the most of the time they have together. As successful real estate investors, they truly are walking alongside you on your family path. Jim, I know Jamie is at home sick today. We're running this solo, but welcome back to The Daily Helping. I'm so excited you're back with us today. Yeah, it's good to be back, Dr. Richard. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So uh, we were talking a little bit off air, and you and Jamie have been so busy doing some really cool things since we last had you on the show. And I I know we're going to spend a lot of time talking about your book, your best-selling book, The Family Board Meeting. So what I want to do, because you know we've already talked about a lot of the things you guys do, and as I said, I'm going to link our first discussion together in the show notes. Why this book? Why now? And, and I know the book is selling incredibly well, and it's charted on the Wall Street Journal and, and some other other places, which is a testament to how well received it is. But why? Why is this book out in the world right now? Yeah, the book was important to us because it was such a part of our family history and our imperfect start and how we came together, and. You know, Dr. Richard, I've I've found so many ways to improve my real estate business, to market this company, to learn how to do this. And in the entrepreneurial world, the business world especially, there was very little to help successful professionals and, and business owners succeed at home. There just wasn't a focus on it. And uh, and I wanted to create something that was understandable, easy to follow, that could get results. And, and the, the simple rhythms and principles we talk about uh, just have a, a lasting effect. And so we felt, especially when a publisher uh, um, approached us and said, you've never, you've always self-published. We want to take this to a higher level. We said, okay. And it, it wasn't about the, the book sales. The book sales are great, but 
we figured from from where we were at, Richard, we figured there's about 375,000 families using our strategy now, which is pretty cool. And we're like, imagine if we got it to 2 million. So we just set this benchmark goal of saying we could get 2 million families to be following these rhythms that have worked well for us and so many others. And what will it do? You you had mentioned, you, and you've used the term a couple of times in our conversations, rhythms. Yeah. So talk to us about that. Yeah, it's a word that was taught to me by, by my mentor. Um, and, and, you know, we, we all hear about habits, right, Dr. Richard? But I don't like the word habits because you can have a bad drinking habit. You can have a habit of swearing in public. You can have a habit of picking your nose in front of other people. I, I don't know what it is, but a habit, it, it doesn't, a habit seems uh, less intentional sometimes. But a rhythm, you know, has that musical element to it, right? That that drum beat, boom, 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 boom. That one beat keeps the whole song together. So I always liked rhythmizing things. And, and a mentor of mine said, look, if you have a few powerful rhythms in your business and in your personal life, it can hold everything together. Even if you're as crazy, out of whack, ADD as I always thought I was, just a few simple rhythms that I can lean on, depend on, use over and over, they don't bore my life. They 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 ground life. They they bring inspiration. They bring connection. And so I always tried in, in both business and in home life to have a few rhythms that I could lean on. And the more I've leaned on these, Richard, they've held us together. They've expanded us into other bigger things, uh, but they've been extremely important in my life. I think this is so cool. And, you know, to even go a step back I mean, the reason that you felt compelled with, with Jamie to create this book you said was because we had all these tools out there and resources for entrepreneurs but none that really focused on the family and that's not surprising to me right because what are the things and you're an entrepreneur I'm an entrepreneur a lot of people listening to this are entrepreneurs when we think about entrepreneurship what do we focus on Freedom's a big term, but it means different things to different people, right? A lot of people, most people are focusing on the money, right? I'm going to make as much money as I want. I'm going to have the big cars and the yachts and all the exciting fun stuff. I'm going to be my own boss and nobody's going to get to tell me what to do. And I'm going to get to work whenever I want. And if I, in the middle of the day, want to go you know, to a, to a baseball game, I can do that. And I don't have to you know, fill out a form to take time off or whatever. So we get, as entrepreneurs, so excited about all these things that freedom gives us, whatever freedom means to us. And while I think many entrepreneurs have a cursory appreciation as to what this might mean for our spouses and our children, we never really think about it in the context that you and Jamie have positioned all of this. We never really think about what does that mean, good or bad, or what, to use your language, what kind of a rhythm would having a business cre create and how would that impact my relationship? So I love, number one, that this exists. Number two, I love this terminology of rhythms because rhythms also, they have been flow, right? If you think about the seashore, right? If you think about tides, like there's rhythmic things to that. Sometimes tides are high. Sometimes tides are low. And so where you said having these rhythms, your mentor taught you having rhythms in your life can pull you through when, when there are challenging times. So, and I'm so excited to dig deeper into this. Yeah, me too. Me too. And and you said it so well with, with like the ebbs and flows of, of, of the ocean. 
You know, there's times like, and I'm sure we'll talk about it, you know, date night is sacred to my wife and I. And we put a spin on it called date night with a question. But my, you know, if Jamie was on and you know, Jamie, she would have joked, you know, Dr. Richard, there's times I don't even feel like going on the date with Jim that Wednesday at 530 to 830 because it's been a crazy week. We got in a little bit of a, a, a tussle or what, whatever it is, but then we go on it and, and we stay in the rhythm. And by the end of it, we're like, gosh, we're so glad we have this steadfast rhythm in our life because it, it just, again, reunited us, reinvigorated us. And uh, and that's that's what rhythms do. And uh, and so many people just don't have there is there is no there is no rig, rhythmic element to their home life. And we wonder why we seem like it's all of a sudden October and we don't feel like we spent any time with our family. I, I definitely want to dive into date night with a question. I wrote that down because that's I'm curious about it. But let's talk more about that. Right. Uh, about people not having rhythms. And actually, let's not talk about people not having rhythms because a lot of people probably don't. Let's talk about how we establish and introduce those rhythms to our lives. I think that would be really helpful. Yeah, I think a great starting point is knowing how simple it has to be. When we say rhythms, you know, our overachievers out there, like I used to try to be, and you used to try to be and have learned better. Well, rhythms, I need to set 37 rhythms into my family life, you know, like almost like it's a contest. I'm talking like two or three rhythms to start with, you know, Dr. Richard, that that's it. So you don't have to like put on this numerous amount of rhythms. You put a few into your life. And, and again, it starts to hold the beat. And so we're not talking about a bunch of things, just adding a few spaces in your schedule, into your calendar that you do over and over and over, and you're going to start to feel like you're in harmony. And that's the whole goal. I'd love to hear a few examples of things that you and Jamie do or some of the people in your community have have introduced that are good kind of baseline starting rhythms. Yeah. So so one of the best rhythms is is date night with a question. I mean, I've talked to some, you know, we met through Hal and I've gotten to speak at some some big events. And um, and even in the most influential um, high achieving rooms, I would ask this question like saying, hey, how many of you, you know, if they own businesses, have a, a meeting with your CFO every week? Oh, every week, Thursday, 8 to 10 a.m., I'm doing it. And I'll ask a few questions about rhythms in their business. And I'll say, okay, well, how many of you have a set day and time that you go on a date with your spouse every week? And and Dr. Richard, less than 10% of the room's hand would go up. And then you start to say, well, when was your last date? Oh, you know, it's been seven months ago. And I'm going, oh my gosh, imagine if you hadn't brushed your teeth in seven months. You know, it, it's going to start to get a little stale. And, you know, so setting a simple date night with a question, which we'll go over later, that's one. Second thing is, is you know, what kind of put us on the map was our family board meeting strategy. Uh, I believe in one-to-one time is the most pinnacle device of connection that you can use. I separate the parts to strengthen the whole. We have a big family, but I've spent time with Jamie individually and each of our children. So every day, uh, every quarter, I spend a half a day with each one of my children one-on-one. And there's a framework to that. And that one-on-one day, every quarter with each of my children, which I've been doing for over a decade, it's the pillar in our relationship. It gets us below the surface and puts the magnifying glass on our relationship in a good way. You know, and then, you know, a third, a third one is family adventure. You know, once or twice a year, we're planning a family adventure together. You know, where do you guys want to go? What are you feeling like doing? Do you want to go warm? Do you want to go cold? And planning a family adventure together 
I mean, you want to talk about lighting up the connection and the fun and the laughter and and the buy-in. That's another great one. Hey, guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I want to talk a little bit more about these meetings with the kids, these quarterly meetings. Sure. At what age do you think is appropriate to start doing that with? Yeah, so we say two and a half. And that's because when I started with my youngest, once I was had this in rhythm. Now, the the time requirement, I say, is, is at least four hours. Uh, and you'd know more on this. When we say once you have four hours of uninterrupted one-on-one time, you start to get decompressed and decompression is so important for real communication. So we, we make it a minimum of four hours. Now, truth be told, when my kids were two and a half, they fell asleep three hours in, but that's okay. (laughs) But I had slated the four hours. So two and a half, um, all the way up to, I'm still doing it with my son who's 19. So, um, but that's about the starting age. So talk us through an obviously creating a framework of understanding is very different with a toddler than it is with somebody who's 19. But in general, kind of talk us through, you know, the, the agenda. So over this four hours of time with, with your child, what are the things you're doing? Yeah. So let's set the framework and then the intention. The framework is this, Dr. Richard, first principle is one-on-one. My wife's not invited. I'm not invited on hers. Their best friend's not invited. My best friend's not invited. Their sibling's not invited. It's a one-to-one, just the two of us. The second principle is we're doing a tech fast. So technology is not invited on these days. Uh, It's great. I love technology. That's why you and I are speaking today. But we all know, especially as busy professionals, that one phone call, that one text, that one email, first of all, shows that we care more about that than the most important person in front of us. And secondly, it just breaks up the, 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 the harmony. So we have a tech-free zone when we're on these, these, uh, these uh, family board meetings. And then the third thing, which ties it all together, is it's a fun day of their choice. And this is absolutely key. You know, I'll, I'll throw myself under the bus. Sometimes I think I know best for everyone, being that pushy, excited entrepreneur, right? And we do the same for our kids, Dr. Richard. I'll, you know, hey, Let's go to the Jacksonville Jaguars games because, you know, we live here in Northeast Florida. And I dragged one of my kids up to a Jaguars game. And, you know, we leave at the day and I'm like, gosh, that was great. And I'm punching myself in the arm, giving credit. But we never stopped to ask, is that what our kids really wanted to do? What if they have no interest in football? You got to let them design the day. And when they design the day, there's creativity, there's buy-in, there's excitement. So I let them design the day and I go all in. Um, and that's one-on-one without electronics. So we're tech fasting, so that can get in the way. And it's something fun of their choice. And we just save a little time at the end for what I call focus reflection, just a little bit of time to talk. So for getting back to your question, for our two-and-a-half-year-old or three-year-old, 
you know, with my daughter, I had some princess parties, Richard. Uh, you know, I'm not the the most pretty princess. I got to be honest with you, but that's what she wanted to do. And I went all in. My oldest son, he might want to go out on a on a fishing adventure into the uh, intercoastal. So obviously my three-year-old daughter is probably not going to want to do that. So I just go all in with what they want to do. And I try to save that time at the end of the day to review the day, catch up. And it's a great chance for me to give an apology that I've probably not had like, hey, I know I've been really busy. Hey, you know what? I was really short with you last week and that wasn't fair. Or just compliment them on something. Hey, I see you've been really working hard on this or that. And, you know, I was really impressed to see you do that. It's just that point of connection. But whether they're three or they're 19, those principles will work, especially with the fact that you're letting them design the day. I love this for so many reasons. And I was excited to hear the kind of the no tech policy. One of the things they often tell people is if they're out on a date with their significant other, put your cell phone in your pocket. And if you are locked into the conversation, awesome. If you find yourself getting this itch, right? Almost like you're on drugs, like you've got to pull out that phone (laughs) and pull up Facebook. You have a problem. And in, in rooms of big people, big, large groups of people that I've spoken to, and I do the show of hands things like you do, more often than not, they're always on their devices. You go out to a restaurant and there's a family of four, two of the kids are on iPads, the dad's watching sports, the mom's on Facebook, right? And so this, this is awesome. So just as a humanitarian initiative, thank you for, for you know, banning the tech. <laughs> I also love that you said the kids get to pick everything, right? Kids pick the agenda. You're not forcing a kid who doesn't like sports to go watch football. Uh, and the point of reflection at the end is cool, too. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you're a, a much bigger educator than I am. And I just had learned through my wife with, you know, Jamie's Waldorf and Montessori training they use a lot of principles of experiential education. Experiential education just means putting your students in direct, inspiring experiences and then spending time at the end of focused reflections, which is just a time to validate the lesson, you know, define and clarify values. I mean, that was the shortest definition. I said, wow, what if I can do that with my kids in a fun way? You know, and in these days, um, you know, funny story is, you know, in the book, there's a famous pretty bad, say famous for, for us, it's famous. People go, I love that story about the lighthouse. You know, when my son Leland, our second oldest picked to go to the St. Augustine lighthouse. And it was surprising because he's afraid of heights. I mean, it was well known. He can't stand heights. He was six years old, maybe seven at the time. And uh, his big brother had just gone though, you know, a couple months ago. So he wanted to do it. Well, I wrote this whole story about, we climbed the lighthouse. Now it took forever. And, you know, we would go up one flight of stairs and then sit on the landing and sit and talk them through it. And I want to go back down. I'm like, okay, we can go back down. But what if we made it up just one more landing? And we did this, you know, for quite a while. And then, you know, after a while, Dr. Richard, we we climbed it three times that day. The first time took most of the time, you know, and we just had a really powerful focused reflection at the end about overcoming fears and him him saying to me, which is a big lesson to me, you know, this little six or seven-year-old saying, Hey, have, Dad, have you ever been afraid? And I thought, wow, what a what a horrible example I've set for this young kid. If I'm putting up this bravado that I've never been afraid, because it's total bullshit. You know, of course I have. Um, and and 
the, the, the moral of this story, Richard, when we just did the updated third edition, I didn't realize it till our editor came to us and said, this is incredible. I'm like, what? Because both our boys are entrepreneurs. Alden, who used to always go fishing on his family board meetings, now owns his own charter fishing business. And Leland has a business um, with one of his best buddies that they're doing very well at doing roof cleaning. So he he cleans out gutters on roofs. And he's like, do you see that your little guy who you wrote the story about is afraid of heights now spends all his days up on roofs? And I was like, oh, isn't that, isn't that ironic how that happened? Um, so you never know what's going to come about about these focused days together. But for us, I couldn't have scripted that. I mean, I couldn't have scripted that. Hey, Alden always went on fishing you know, trips for, for, his, for his day with me. And now he owns his own fishing company or Leland getting him over heights. And now he's up on heights all the time. It's awesome. Quick question about the family adventure. And then I do want to jump into date night with a question. I totally get conceptually the family votes on planning, what you're going to do, hot, cold, near, far, whatever it is. Do you guys advocate ever taking a kid either with one parent, I guess most practically one parent, a vacation, just one parent, one kid to do that too? Is that advisable? Yeah, I think, you know, when uh, when Alden, my oldest, turned 18, I gave him the anywhere in the world uh, trip. I said, where, where do you want to go? You're turning 18. Our name of our company is 18 Summers. You know, this is a big moment, you know, and you're you're moving into a different phase in life, wherever you want to go. And uh, and he chose Alaska. So we went to Alaska fishing in the Kodiak Islands for nine days. It was unbelievable. Um, so we have done them longer. And sometimes I'll do an overnight, that four-hour trip has turned into a two-day trip, you know, maybe down to Disney or out to something we want to go to. Uh, So I think, again, separating the parts to strengthen the whole, there is a, it's a memory maker. You don't forget that. Like I know, you know, with, with Maggie, who's now eight, but when she was three or no more than four, we went to Disney for two days, just the two of us. It was one she had wanted to go, wanted to go. So for our family board meeting, I extended it in just the two of us. And she still talks about it to this day, you know? And, and so I, I encourage that because as long as you are rotating your whole family and spending time with them, if you separate the parts, this whole will be stronger. Well said. So I, w- I want to jump into it. We've teased it a couple of times. What's the question, right? Date night with a question. Okay. So let's, let's talk about all the ways that I screw up first. Um, that guy, I never set dates. And then, you know, Jamie starts to think, gosh, he, he's not interested. He doesn't want to date me. And then we start to set dates. And we're like, all right, we're going on a date this week. But then we can't get a sitter. And then this day and all oh, I'm booked and this. Then we finally get the date, right? And Dr. Richard, who is that numbskull that took out his phone and answers the text or the call or the email? That sad soul was me. So I had to re-go back to my principles and say, first of all, my phone's uninvited. Jamie, really good discipline. She's got her emergency phone in her purse for the babysitter. That's it. But what we found was in order to get on the date, we had to make it same bat time, same bat channel. Because especially, I mean, you have kids, so you know, you're if you're looking for the sitter and you're like, oh, could we maybe get you this Thursday and next Saturday? And, you know, so we decided every Wednesday, 530 to 830. Every Wednesday, 5.30 to 8.30. I can't mess it up. I don't schedule over it. 
Uh, it's right at the middle of the hump day of the week. We love that to reconnect. Um, and it's there. But then once we were getting in this rhythm, we, you get kind of that, that surface flatness. How was the weather today? You know, what are we doing for errands this Saturday? You know, how was the kid's day at school? It's wah, wah, wah. You know, not really very, very romantic, to say the least. So what Jamie and I decided is like, hey, better questions, better relationship. So we started to like go online and just pull up different questions. Then we would set a goal to ask one to two deep, powerful questions on each date. So instead of asking, you know, how was the kid's day at school today? You know, name the top three adventures we've ever taken together and which one you'd repeat first, you know, or it might be a little deeper where this is where the, you know, the hands really need to come down, you know, name a time that we're, that I didn't show up for you when we were going through a rough patch and how I could have done it better. You know, we ask deeper questions, you know, we, we get to know each other better. We keep dating. And so that's what the question's about. It's date night with a question, because we find if you just go on the date and stay on the surface, you don't really get below the surface of where you're really wanting to go. I love this for so many reasons. Number one, there's a, a vulnerability with this that's, that's so important. And number two, it's not just all positive stuff, right? I mean, it, it results in positive things because you get to help your partner feel validated at a time where, where you weren't there. But this is very cool. And one of the things we often are taught you know, in our training to become clinicians is the really good ones ask open-ended questions, right? It's not yes or no. Yeah. It's questions that you're forced to give a thoughtful response to. And this is what it sounds like you're doing. Yeah. And it doesn't, you'd be shocked, Dr. Richard, of how few that this happens. You know, people don't get into this rhythm of asking deeper questions that they're busy with work then the kids, you know, and we've done these dinner events, date night with a question with whole company leadership teams or entrepreneur groups. And every time without doubt, there'll be someone in there married 20, 30, 35. We've had 44 years married in this thing. And we'll ask, we'll do two questions that night, you know, and really good questions that are fun and then, you know, deep. And they'll say, even though they've been married that long, I had no idea about this about them. And I'll say, how long have you been married? 37 years. Did you know this about them? I had no idea. This was so cool to learn about them. And so it, it we just, we, we think like we're, we're always getting below the surface or, or, or gathering, you know, new stories and info of the people we love, but we're not. We're not. I think even more than that, we we hum along thinking that we're doing incredibly well. And uh, you know, if you if you bring this back to sales, what's the oldest thing about people leaving one brand to go to another? It's not that they're unhappy with a particular product or service; it's that they're just ambivalent, right? Yeah. They're just going through the motions and then here's comes something new and exciting. So th this is this is great. I, I absolutely think this is exceptional stuff, Jim. Uh, Jim, I I loved every minute of this. Our time has flown by as I knew it would, as it did uh, when we first spoke a few years ago. As you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests a question. So you, you're going to be put on the spot here because you can't give the one you gave last time. Yeah. What is your 
biggest helping, that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? The biggest thing I want to say is remember there is no perfect family. People put a lot of pressure on, we take a lot of pride and love, but if you're aiming for perfection, you're probably setting yourself up for for the impossible. You're putting a lot of pressure on your spouse and your kids. It's not about perfection. It's it's about bridging our imperfections. So that'd be my best advice to them. Um, and, and look more about enjoying the ride than worrying about perfection. Beautifully said. Jim, tell us where people can learn more about you, the work you're doing, and get their hands on the book. Yeah, the book is available, Barnes & Noble and Amazon, the family board meeting. But if you want to learn more about our, our talks, our workshops, our retreats, just go to 18summers.com and learn a lot about us there. Outstanding. And we will have links to everything Jim and Jamie Shields in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Jim, I loved it. I knew I would. Thanks for coming back on the show. This was such great advice. No. Thanks for having me, Dr. Richard. Always good conversation. Absolutely. And I also want to thank each and every one of you who took time out of your day to listen to this. If you got something from it, if you're inspired, go give us a follow on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. 